Welcome to Deeper Dive. I'm your host, Jay Wald, and this is episode 25, mm-hmm. season two. Yeah. And I'm also with the world's greatest co-host, Don. <laughs> Hello, Jay. How are you doing today, Don? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Every time you're on here with me, I'm, I'm even better. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. You got to do, do a drum roll with that one. I tell <laughs> you, that's a good one. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, it's good to have you on. Um, you know, we. Um, I like to uh, thank you once again for all the stuff you do. You make me look good every time. Awesome. So awesome, you're keep it going. You're keep very it going. good at it. You're very good. Hey, thank you for that. But enough about us. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Let me. Yes, let me talk to uh, to say hello to all our podcast listeners. Uh, any questions and concerns or comments you may have, you can contact us at via WhatsApp nine five four. 388-8780. And guess what we have today? I know we have a special so, guest. I thought he already preached is, already, but yeah, he hadn't. I thought he did, yeah. but he said he didn't. So yeah. <laughs> All right. And uh let me say a little bit about this gentleman. Uh he's a pastor of two churches. Mm-hmm. Uh the one in uh Pastor Romanian Adventist Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And the second one is Margate SDA, where he probably doesn't remember, but my wife preached there about three years ago. Mm. I yeah, don't you, remember. I know you don't remember, <laughs> but I remember you. <laughs> of course. I see so many and uh, to understand, your, your studies were at Andrews University, uh, yes. theolog- Theological uh, Seminary. Yes. Where you hold a, a, a MA in religion. Yes. And you also have now a PhD in religion and uh, was historical theology. Yeah, I'm doing that right now. You're doing it right now. Okay, so you're not there yet, but yeah. you will. I'm All writing. Right. right now I'm writing, so as soon as I finish writing, that's it. I know, Okay. Right? Well, I'm going to try to pronounce it. It's Pastor Miha B. Yahoo. Yahoo. Yes. Yahoo. Yahoo. Not Yahoo. Not Yahoo. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm somewhere in the range, but thank you. Welcome. Very close. Very close. Yeah. Well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for thank being you. on the podcast. Thank you for the uh, invitation. We get stuck. Yes, thank you. But before we get started, we always have a word of prayer. Okay. Father God, thank you once again for this beautiful day you've given us. Thank you for uh, the wonderful message you've given us yesterday about the hope in the end time. Mm-hmm. We thank you for the, the messenger, Lord, that you used him, Lord, mightily to talk to your people. So continue to bless us, bless this podcast, bless the components, and make it work for whoever it shall go to. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 All righty. As Don and I, or your title says, uh, hope for the time of the end. Yes. How'd you come across that? Well, because um, most of the times that w- when we preach about the time of the end, we don't preach it in hope. We preach it in, in fear. Yep. So we right. preach about all the bad things that are going to happen and how we need to prepare for those bad things. But we fail to emphasize the Lord of Lords and King of Kings who will redeem us through that, those times of trouble, who will be with us in those times of trouble and who will give victory to his people in those times of trouble. So that's why I said I came up with the title Hope for the Time of the End. Because most of the times when you hear uh, preaching in our church, I mean, nowadays it has shifted a bit, but when I grew up like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, I would hear only about the persecution that we're going to be subjected to and, and we have to be ready, we have to be ready for the persecution. And mm. so, yeah, I wanted to show that 
the Bible, when it prophesies about the time of the end, it never ends the prophecy with the doom and gloom that we're preaching. Right. It ends right. with the victory. So we need to Amen. focus on the victory. Amen. Why do you think that is that, you know, as you were growing up, you heard the doom and gloom when you hear Revelation, when you hear Daniel, when you hear all about the beasts, etc. Why do you think that our church has always portrayed it with this kind of fearfulness as opposed to showing us that it's like, okay, these things are all going to come to pass and then Jesus will come? Mm. Well, that's probably one of the hardest questions to ask. It's, the the answer is very complex and who could know, but we can, we can look at what happened and we can try to um, estimate some of the, the, the psychological mechanisms that go beyond this, you know, mm -hmm. why are we, why are we choosing to focus on the negative rather than the positive? positive. Right. Why would, would we do that? Maybe mm. because we're afraid that if we don't scare people enough, mm. they won't get ready. See, maybe we're yeah. afraid that if you don't show them that we live in a sense of urgency, mm. they'll say, mm. oh, there's still time. So maybe then we try to instill this sense of urgency into them so mm. that they can get prepared. But we, the focus is wrong. We're putting the cart before the horses yeah. because you cannot, as I said in my sermon, you cannot run a marathon at a sprint speed. You no. have to pace yourself. Mm -hmm. And if with every event that comes in, like events happen in the world, but with every major event that would happen, the people in the church would go, that's it. This is it. This is the end. Let's get ready. Yeah. And then you, you live in stressed out all the time that the end is coming. Mm -hmm. That's part of the, the, the answer. There's a deeper answer that at this point is just a hypothesis. I haven't been able to, I mean, I have verified it, but I'm not sure exactly how to verify it completely. Okay. Um, I, the experience in my church has been that we're a very rational church. We don't really allow emotion, at least, at least the church that I grew up in, you know, mm -hmm. the Eastern Euro European church, mm -hmm. were very stern in worship, mm -hmm. as opposed to the African-American church or the Caribbean churches. They're more... They allow more feeling, but still, we're a very rational church. See, all if you look at the way we've been doing evangelistic series mm -hmm. until recently, mm -hmm. we have points in which we say, this is what happens. We are right. The others aren't. So uh -huh. Sabbath, we are the right ones. Uh, see, mm -hmm. we, have, we have the truth here. We have the truth. Uh, diet, we have the truth. So mm -hmm. our way of being and our core of faith is rational. Hmm. We don't allow feelings. And because we don't allow feelings, because we, we say feelings are treacherous, which is true. You hmm. cannot base everything on feelings. Feelings right. are treacherous. But if you remove them completely, then you hunger for feeling. Hmm. And okay. the safest feeling would be fear. Because hmm. then you're sure you, you don't uh, cling too much to this world. So, so the safest feeling to play upon is fear. I mean in that mentality. Intense. So it's easier to instill fear than to instill joy because we, we feel that joy might have some side effects. Mm. We might like this world too much. Mm -hmm. right. Scare people into not liking this world and into liking the new kingdom mm -hmm. so that we make sure that they, they are getting ready for the kingdom. So the mechanism is very complicated. And as I said, at this point, it's just a hypothesis, mm -hmm. but that's how I felt it. That's how I, I lived 
my 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 belief in the Eastern European Church. It's always based on 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 fear, yeah. and I don't think that's healthy. Yeah, I think it 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 goes into the other cultures as well because I know in the Caribbean culture, um, the same fear tactics are used. Yeah. So it seems to be throughout all the cultures that that kind of. Yeah, as I said, I see uh, so many similarities between the Eastern European culture, mm-hmm. Romanian culture, and, mm-hmm. and and Caribbean culture. Mm-hmm. I have a Jamaican church, mostly Jamaica. It's like ninety percent Jamaican and ten yes. percent the rest of the islands. Yes, uh, and we're very similar in so many respects. Yes. Very <clears throat> similar. Yeah, yeah. So I feel at home at that in that church, even if <laughs> like worlds apart. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very homey for me because it's very similar to, similar. to the Romanian culture. Yeah, yeah. I was there. You. You're very lively. You just don't remember me, but <laughs> you're very lively. <laughs> Romanians <laughs> are like that. They're they're very loud. They they're very they noisy. Are. They like oh. they like groups. They like to be with friends, just yeah. like in the Caribbean. Yeah. So we're very similar in, in that respect. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, question for you. You talked about Daniel's prophecy. Yes. Um, and the revelation. Yes. Uh, it was the Adventist. Uh, what was that word again? Eschatology. Eschatology. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, elaborate on that just a little bit more, because when I was thinking about that, that's talking about like the time of trouble, um, the three angels message. Would that be all under the same? Yes, but it's more than just that. It's more than uh-huh. just that. Uh, eschatology is the technical term, the theological term for the doctrine of the times of the end. So eschaton mm-hmm. in Greek means end, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. So then eschatology means the, the times of the end. I mean, it's, it's the doctrine that talks about the end of this world. Right. As okay. we have, uh, for example, soteriology, which talks, it's a doctrine about salvation. Mm-hmm. You know? And then Christology is the doctrine of Christ. Hamartology is the doctrine of sin. So you have compartments in theology and the, the, all the teachings about the time of the end, about the second coming, about the end of the world and all that, that's called eschatology. So you would hear it, you would see it in articles and stuff. Eschatology is everything that pertains to the time of the end. It's judgment, hell, punishment, three angels message, all um, revelation and Daniel, that's part of eschatology and all that. Okay. Um, the one that really intrigued me the most when you start talking about the beast, and yes. you, you you broke them down with the beast of the sea, yeah, the earth, yeah, and then the one with the image, image, yes, three of them. I want to get on that one about the image more. Well, it, that's um, the third one, right? I'm sorry. Is that number three? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. There's, there's okay. three main actors. You see, we focus in Revelation 13. Um, on, on the, the first two beasts, the beast out of the sea and the beast out of the land, but we forget about the third actor. And mm-hmm. actually, okay. if you look at it, it's the third actor who will perform uh, the, the t- most terrible things at the time of mm-hmm. the end. So when I looked at it, I wanted to strip um, our uh, discourse of any historical application because I just wanted to talk in the text. Okay, what does the text say? Right. And then right. you right. go and find your historical application because several people, different people think about different things depending mm. on the system of interpretation that they use. But first, I just wanted to see what the chapter says. Mm. Then okay. what it means, you apply it for yourself. So if you look at the chapter, you see chapter 13, you see a beast coming out of the sea, okay, with, mm-hmm. with those characteristics. And it is obvious it is using the parts of Daniel 7. So that mm. nobody denies that. I mean, it's right, it's right there, okay? Exactly. And right, then you have right. another beast the beast out of the earth 
which you can see that the author meant it to be different. So the other one comes out of the sea. The second one came, comes out of the earth. Whatever that means, I mean, we have explanations for that and we believe it means something, but some people mean, believe it means something else. Whatever it means, you can clearly see the author intended it to be different, to be the opposite of this beast. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have so many horns. It doesn't have so many heads. It doesn't have crowns mm-hmm. and its horns, which is the, the seat of authority, are, right. like, are like the lambs. So it's a yeah. beast that claims to be like the lamb, that in its authority claims to be like, a, like the lamb, like Jesus. Right. However, in its core, it's like the dragon. Mm. So basically now the third actor, which we don't talk a lot about, um, let's see what it says. If we go verse 14, uh, because of the signs he was given power to do on behalf of the first beast, he deceives the inhabitant of the earth. So something happens. There'll be signs that the second beast will do on the behalf of the first beast. So there'll be a collaboration between the two and they'll do signs. And remember what I said, mm-hmm. fire coming down from heaven yeah. points to the caramel mm-hmm. event, mm-hmm. to the supernatural. And I said, there will be miracles at the time. It will be a completely different world. It's not the world that we live in. It will be a crazy world that we will not be able to identify. It will be completely different. That's what the Bible says. And then this is this is the, the the best part. He ordered them, who's them, the inhabitants of the earth. So it's a global mm-hmm. issue. Okay? Mm-hmm. To set up an image in honor, in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. An mm-hmm. image of the beast is something like the beast. So they will make a, th- a system, a third mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm. How that looks like, it has not been revealed to us. Mm-hmm. Will it be a worldwide government? Very likely. But in the same time, it has to also be religious because the first beast was religious and political in the same time. So I infer here from the text that this third actor would be a worldwide body. We don't have more clues than that, but Mm -hmm. it will be like the first beast, which would mean it would be a political and religious power worldwide. Let's see what this does. Okay. He was given power to give breath to the image of the beast so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. Mm-hmm. You see this um, giving breath mm-hmm. to, the, to the image of the beast. What does this life. remind you of? Life. Life. Yeah. Life. Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a clear, it's a clear allusion to Genesis 2. Mm-hmm. Again, we have a false trinity that claims to be God. Just like God created life, breathed life into Adam, this, this beast... It's the holy, unholy trinity. That's how it's called by many uh, interpreters. The unholy trinity. It's the, okay. beast, it's the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. Okay? So this, this body of government, whatever it is now at this point, will impose something. And, it, and everybody who's not listening to it will be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand and on his forehead. So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. Mm-hmm. So this, what it will do, it will create a system of worship and, and, and right. said, we have to worship the beast, whatever that means. Okay. We have an interpretation of what that means, but now I just wanted to strip my sermon of any historical application and just focus on the text first, understand what the text says. Mm-hmm. So we will impose a system of worship and say, everybody must worship the beast. Mm-hmm. Whoever doesn't want to do that will be killed. And right. how do we know you will worship the beast? Well, you receive this sign. If you worship the beast, you receive this sign. Mm-hmm. 
And everybody who doesn't want to receive the sign, they will be killed. And see, and a lot of people who, who challenge the Adventist eschatology say, well, that's not possible. We live in a world where freedom is very important, where, where a- you would see atheists fighting for religious groups' rights, and that is true. That's in true. the world we live right now, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Remember, however, the world of Revelation 13 is a completely different world. And we are not very far away from that world. That's what I said. I am so scared when I see the rhetoric of Christians, especially in the United States, especially in the United States. I see the rhetoric of Christians, and I am so scared. There are some frightful, hateful, evil people in the Christian church right now. And they do all of this in the name of Christ. Remember it's the beast with her horns that look like Christ, but they right. speak like the devil, like, like, like Satan, like the, the dragon. So for me, it was amazing. I never thought, I mean, yeah, I always wonder, how would that be possible? Because Christians, they're, they're supposed to be the, the best people on earth. They're supposed to be kind. They're supposed to be tolerant. They're supposed to accept people they don't agree with and love them. That's what Christianity is all about. You're supposed to love the people you don't agree with. Exactly. Do you see that in Christianity? Not a lot. Mm-mm-mm. Not a lot. You see this hate, mm-hmm. hatred yeah. towards those that are not like you. And in that context, with, with supernatural um, miracles all over the place, false religious revival, reason will be thrown out the window. They'll find scapegoats, and it's because of that. It's very easy. We are there. We just need somebody to light up the match and throw it. And the world will go boom. That's scary. It, it is. Very scary. It is unfortunately. However, I don't want to focus on that. Exactly. I just yeah. wanted to point that because we're there, and there's people who are skeptical and say, "No, it's, it cannot happen." Well, this is a scenario in which it will happen. Just look at the last four years. I'm just saying, look at the last four years and the rhetoric you've seen from both parts. I'm not going to just blame one. Even one. Yeah. Both yeah. parts yeah. were crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. But don't focus on that. Do not focus on that. The Bible says kings come and go. That's yeah, that's true. Lord is king over them all. Exactly. I'm not quoting the that's Bible, the I just paraphrased it. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. We forget that the Lord is king over them all. So that's what I wanted to focus our attention on. I want us to drive our attention to the Lord of Lords who commands everything, who keeps everything and who will offer hope. Mm-hmm. You talked about Lucifer's Diary. Oh, yeah. What is Lucifer's Diary? It's a very yeah. interesting book. It's a, it's a novel. It's a novel written by Lewis Walton. Okay. Lewis Walton is an Adventist historian. Okay. He's the writer of the, those Omega books. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. There's two of them at least. And he writes this novel, The, the Lucifer's Diary, and it's history of salvation through the eyes of Satan. Mm. It's very illuminating. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but it's a novel. Okay, he has artistic license. He can, he he can change things. We're not supposed to take it as the revelation. It's not yeah, yeah, yeah. a revelation from God. It's just right. the perspective of an author who read Ellen White's books and he tried to shift it to to see well, history of salvation through the eyes of Satan. Mm. But it's very yeah. interesting to read. It's very interesting to read, and it's engaging. Mm. That's why I made reference to it. It's, what was your biggest takeaway from that book? It's something I did not mention in the in the in our 
uh, sermon because it's, it's on its first chapters. It, it tells uh, the amazement of Satan when God created the world. And he said, um, I, he was amazed, so I'm paraphrasing, at the balance that exists in the world. Ah. That is, that is um, wow. birds take oxygen <clears throat> and give back carbon dioxide. However, there's, there's added value because they sing. So in, in, in taking out the, the carbon dioxide, they sing and they, they make the world beautiful, more beautiful. Then there's the flowers who take the carbon dioxide and release oxygen, but in the same time, they release fragrance. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a balance, there's a circle. Everybody takes what they need, gives, off, gives to the others what they need. Mm -hmm. And in the process, they contribute to making a more beautiful world because they all give what, what is their best. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very beautiful metaphor for what we should do in this world. Exactly. Take what we need, uh, put our own stamp on it, make it more beautiful and give it to others, others. more beautiful. And then others will take it and, and, and so on and so forth. So we build mm -hmm. that and the world grows. I, I believe it was a very beautiful metaphor that he describes at the beginning of the book. Wow. Would, would you believe that would be the hope that you're trying to spread? Yeah, it could be. It can be. It can be. Because when you preach from the Bible and you preach the doom and gloom, and see, we don't have hell. In the Adventist church, we cannot scare people with the everlasting hell because we don't have it. Yeah, we don't have it. Yeah. So we, yeah. we have to find something else to scare them with, you know? To, to, <laughs> uh, and we found it. It's the Sunday laws. It's the persecution yeah. and all that. So Persecution, right, and all those things. Um, Pastor Jen said, uh, I think in your introduction, that you were fascinated by end time events. How did that come along? A couple of years ago or just now? No, or? I always been fascinating by that. I remember when I grew up, my mom used to tell us about the new earth and the new kingdom and how wonderful that would be. Hmm. And how it's the, it's the apex of hope. You know, it's, it's, it's what we hope for and how it's going to solve all the problems and there's not yeah. be it. And will mm -hmm. allow humanity to thrive, to actually you see. Um, I, I like to use um, cultural references from uh, from uh, uh, what's it called? Not show business, but from um, from the media. If you mm -hmm. look at, at a lot of cartoons, one one like Tom and Jerry, you know, when one, <laughs> when one of the characters dies in an explosion, you know how it is. Those silly things, yeah, and they go to heaven. Do you remember what heaven looks like? It's it, basically it, just, the it look white. It's just cloudy yeah. and white. Cloud and white. Uh, 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 yeah. Above there. And they have a heart. They always have a heart. heart. And that's it. See, so that's extremely boring. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to spend eternity on a sitting on a cloud and just strunging a harp. That's boring. Yeah. The heaven that the Bible portrays is nothing that's like that. Nice, it's nice. absolutely amazing. That's For me. The, the, mo the closest representation of that in, 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 in artistical representation is Star Trek because they envision the, the best that this world can become without God. And so a world in which they, they eradicated poverty, eradicated uh, diseases, eradicated hunger, and everybody lives happily unpaid. So very interesting. In, in the Star Trek's vision of future, nobody's paid because everybody pay, everybody works to contribute to society and they work because they like working so they don't they don't work for monetary retribution for money they receive 
but everybody works to make the society better. And maybe heaven will be something like that. I don't believe, but that's just my opinion. I don't believe uh, the new earth will be an agrarian society. I believe it will be a very advanced technological society, but of mm -hmm. course, without pollution, without, without all the evils of a technological society today. There's a, Go ahead. There's a verse in, in Revelation chapter 22, I believe, or 21. Uh, yeah, with the, the 21 verse 26, the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. What, that, what does that mean? The glory and honor of the nations. Since we know that nothing sinful can enter the city, the new earth, yeah. mm -hmm. the glory and honor of the nations must be what was the most beautiful and high achie highest achievements of the nations that is not sinful. So, like, maybe our cultural inher uh, inheritance, our mm -hmm. technological and scientific advances that are not mm -hmm. necessarily evil, but maybe we will take part of them in the new earth and there will, because there's so much more to know, we barely scratch the surface of the laws of nature. We don't know a lot. I mean, well, face it, humans are very ignorant regarding the, the laws of nature. And in the new earth, we'll have the possibility to study the universe even more. Ellen White says that we will study more and more the, the world, the universe, as she knew it at that time. So that's what I would say. I, you know, sometimes when I visit um, heaven, you know, my wife and I, we sometimes we talk about it. And you know, I say, man, you know, think about it. We can start doing things in 3D. Yeah. And, and, and we can just think about something and we're there. Yeah. You know, say if I wanted to see what was the other side of the universe. I can just think it and I'm there or, or whatever the case may be. It's just wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the fact that we have access to some things that we don't have access to right now. Yeah. Because we, we, we don't know the laws of physics. We don't know how to transport ourselves from here to there. Mm -hmm. Right. It's too far. But then, uh, then who, says, who says there, there must be only three dimensions as we have right now? I mean, there's uh -huh. more dimensions that we don't know of. Yeah, True. Physicists True. are already theorizing about that, but we don't have any proof of it. Exactly. So the, the universe is much more wonderful than we can imagine. We can imagine. And when, when God eliminates sin completely, it will eliminate all the strife that exists between the nations. Now imagine how much energy and money is spent on earth right now with people fighting each other. I know. But if all the money that is, is uh, an energy that is put into wars, mm -hmm. what if all that was put into research to find cures or whatever? Exactly. Imagine. Wow. So the, the, the new earth will be even like more than that because we're not going to have any conflict. Exactly. Everybody will work harmoniously with the other to achieve a higher goal, right. whatever that is. But I don't imagine we'll get bored on the new earth because that would definitely so not be... So it would be Kumbaya is a pleasure of allegiance, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I tell you. Um, I wanted to say, um, I've heard you once before at your church in Margate. Yes. And uh, I got to watch you because most of the time you stand in the back, you know, and I've seen you stand in the back and you talk amongst the the, uh, the congregants. And my, like I said, my wife had preached about three years ago mm -hmm. on purpose potential. You probably yeah. seen you. Yeah, about three years ago, she preached there. And I I thought, when I saw you, I said, man, that guy preached at Plantation before. And when Pastor Jen said it, I was like, wait a minute. I did preach once, but it was not on a Sabbath. It was during a, 
a week of oh, prayer, I think. Yes, you did. When yeah, I talked did. about Luther's um yeah. wife. You did, I think. that's when. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's when I preached okay. it. But it wasn't on a Sabbath. So that's what I said. Right. That was my so first I got Sabbath. You now. I got it. Okay. 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 So you were talking about the end time and how we will see miracles yes. happening before us. And it will be confusing because it won't be coming from God. Can you elaborate yes. a little bit about that for me, please? Yeah. Yes. Um, actually, when I say that we will be seeing miracles, that's, uh, that's an understatement. Hmm. Basically, what the text says, we'll see miracle, miracles all over the place. Hmm. So, see, the text says this, and that's how I come, I come up to this conclusion. I just want to look at the text and see what it tries to say. And then from there, find the historical application. Mm. So let's see. We go to Revelation 13. Uh, okay. So we have the second, second entity, which mm-hmm. is that entity that pertains to be like Christ. Yes. Right. That's the entity. But mm-hmm. actually, it's like the dragon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it, it shows itself to be completely different than the first beast. because mm. It doesn't have crowns doesn't have any heads, doesn't look terrible, and it, and it claims to be Christ's representative. Mm-hmm. You find your own historical application to this. I'm not going to say who it is. Okay, We mm-hmm. as Adventists, we have a, our own interpretation, and, I, and I, I happen to agree with it. Mm-hmm. But for somebody who doesn't, it's like, okay, yes. look at it and then try to find it. Mm-hmm. Okay, And then it says, verse 13, he performed great and miraculous signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to earth, in full view of men. Mm-hmm. So this is not something happening in like uh, soothsayers parlors, as you see here in South Florida. I mm-hmm. see a lot of that. I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> so many people looking for that. I did not see that, that in other parts of the United States, at least in the North. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's not going to be that. It's going to be in full view of the whole planet. Yeah. So remember, when John writes he uses elements from the rest of the Bible. All commentators agree on that. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, oh, that you just found that. No, everybody agrees that John uses imagery from the rest of the the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. So when you think about fire coming down from heaven, what comes to mind? The several events. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah, but this Mm -hmm. is not a context of worship. Elijah. Elijah. That's the most significant. Yeah. What happened there? What -hmm. happened there? There, the coming of fire down from heaven, that mm-hmm. was the sign of the true religion. Exactly. That's what it was. Yes. See, people had to choose whom to worship, just like here. There's two systems of worship. You have to choose. Mm-hmm. And the signs coming down from sign, the fire coming down from heaven was the sign of the true worship. I was like, okay, now we know. Adonai, Yahweh is the true God. So we're going to worship him. Here, however, John says, okay, so at this point, this beast will deceive the people. Right. Even so, it will come, it will make fire coming down to come down from heaven, which basically means at that point, the miracles will not be the test of truth anymore. It's not that. You will be deceived if you look for miracles for the sign of the true worship. Nope. You will be deceived. That's what the text says. And you know what's like so funny said, though? Because of COVID, a lot of people are asking for miracles now and saying, yeah. why are people not seeing miracles like back in the day? So how would what would be our 
understanding to know that, well, we are really, we really need to keep focused on God here. How do, how well, do we do the, that? The, the, the answer is simple and it's given uh, several uh, verse before in, in, in chapter 12, verse 17, it says the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to make war against the rest of her offsprings. Mm -hmm. Those who obeys God's commandment and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Mm -hmm. so what's the testimony of Jesus? That's the prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's the word. Mm -hmm. So basically this whole chapter, I saw it. It's, it's a, it's a 12, 13, and 14, they're together. We separate them, but they're together. It's, yeah. it's the center of the book of Revelation. Right. The Re book of Revelation has a chiastic structure, like a right. triangle. One, yeah, chiastic, that's yeah. the most important part. And that's the mm -hmm. most important part, chapters 12 to 14. So this, this part says, at the time of the end, the people of God would need to stay to the commandments of God and to the testimony of Jesus, which is the written word. And you will be deceived if you, if you take miracles as being the test of truth. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. At that time, God says, I will remove that limit. Mm -hmm. That limit existed at the, in the time of, of uh, Elijah. I mean, Satan could have done it. Mm -hmm. yeah. He could have definitely set, set uh, the, the sacrifice of the priests of Baal on fire if God allowed him. But God yeah. did not allow him. At the time of the end, God will allow him to do that, just like He allowed with with uh, Job. Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah. He allowed Job. Remember that fire came fight. down from heaven and burned all his livestock. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all happened. Just, just not his life. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's true. Wow. Okay. Um, well, I'll tell you, Don. How are you looking? Um, no, there was one more thing I wanted to just expound upon a little bit. Okay. Um, you were, I think that was when you were talking about the different um, Christians that we see nowadays, how they react to people on social media platforms, how the name of Christianity is, you know, yeah. um, we see fear. And we start to see them, see people from all different, doesn't even have to be Adventists, all different religions behaving like they have no God within them. Wouldn't that be construed as the end of time now? Well, uh, in my opinion, it's one of the biggest signs of the end of times. Hmm. Um, it's not the earthquakes, it's not the wars, mm -hmm. it's not the famines, because those, mm -hmm. those have been here since beginning of time beginning time right and right. we now know of more earthquakes because now we know of more places right so right. like 30 years ago you didn't have international news on tv exactly. you didn't yeah. know if there was an earthquake in pakistan or whatever right, you right, knew right. if there was an earthquake in the united states right but all over the world people were not really did not really care about that so now mm -hmm. we have worldwide news you, you just go online and you find it out mm -hmm. yeah but uh you would think that after the mo the bloodiest century in the history of the world, which is the 20th century, with the two world wars and, and hundreds of millions of people's dying because of mm -hmm. communism and Nazism mm -hmm. and, and all, all and remember the, the genocide in Rwanda in 93 is like mm -hmm. in two weeks they murdered a million people. Right. Yeah. And churches got into that. 
and Adventist churches was guilty were guilty of that too. So mm-hmm. you would think that people will learn and say, hey, we got to do something. We got to stop this fighting. We got we to do something to get along together. Okay. I don't agree with what you say. You don't agree with what I say, but let's at least respect each other and find mm-hmm. an environment in which everybody is safe and everybody can live their own faith and all that. And let's just get along. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, no, it's worse and worse. People are, are getting more intolerant. And if you don't agree with me, you're my enemy and I must destroy you in the name of God. Wow. In the name of God, because I yes. must rebuke sin. And since I am perfect, of course, it's you who are the sinner. So I, the perfect one, must rebuke sin, must rebuke the sin in you in the name of God. And mm. all hell breaks loose. Wow. wow. And it, it's, it's sad. And it's sad and it's, it is very scary. But I just trust the Lord that he will see us through all of this. I mean, he said, in the world, you'll have trouble. Yes. And yeah. You'll be persecuted, but I'll be with you. Mm. Did it say so? Yeah. So yeah. how can we as a people, as a church, an Adventist church, be able to not only not be fearful, but to help others not to be fearful? Just point them to the hope. Mm. Whenever they say about the time of the end of times when there's going to be trouble, I say, yes, that is true. But let me show you, let me share with you what the prophecy says. The prophecy says that that time will be short. The prophecy says that God will be with us through everything. The prophecy says that at the end, he will give victory to his people. Now, his people doesn't, doesn't mean only the Adventist church. Because See, we, have, we even have the doctrine of the invisible church. So we <laughs> say that God has people in all churches. And we know that a lot of Adventists will not be saved because they don't know Christ. I mean, at the end of time, they'll say, hey, Lord, didn't we go and did, uh, you know, like uh, Adra projects and Mm. did evangelistic series? Like, I don't know who you are. (laughs) I don't know who you did it with. You didn't do it with me. So God, when I say God's people, I say those who trust and love God. Mm -hmm. Mm. The salvation is not by doctrine. Doctrine has a different purpose. I yeah. still believe that as, an, as a church, we have the closest understanding to reality. I, I still believe that the Adventist doctrines at their cores are, are the truest doctrines, so to speak. But the, but the purpose of the doctrine is not to save. Salvation mm-hmm. comes to the name of Jesus Christ. Salvation comes from the grace of God through the sacrifice of Christ. Uh, doctrines and laws and all that, they help you have a better relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what they're there for to to help you have a better relationship with God, mm-hmm. and you Amen. can have a, a relationship with God even without the Adventist doctrine. And, and mm-hmm. then there will be a lot of people who there are a lot of people who love the Lord in yeah. in all the nations and all the churches. and And let's allow God to be God and save them if if He wants. Exactly. Just, we we don't yeah. know who God will save. Exactly, we don't. We really no. don't. So true. Right. Yeah. Um, one last thing I had to say was um, you mentioned to Don that you said the biggest sign you were seeing was uh, to the end of time of, of how we are acting. I just keep thinking about the days of Noah because everybody's just kept doing their own thing. They yeah. just kept doing their own thing. You know, and Noah's, Noah, you know, Noah's just doing his thing and they mocked him and laughed him and look what happened. I, and I, what worries me is that I see this at the highest levels. So in, uh, instead of seeing people urging like, okay, people who are maybe not exposed to many cultures, they would be like that. 
they're ghettoed mm -hmm. in their own culture and they say, okay, my culture is the only one is the, it's the best. And mm -hmm. so everybody else is the, is the worst is the mm -hmm. enemy. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's somewhat, somewhat expected, but you would expect people who are higher levels in politics and church and everywhere to understand that there's more than just black and white. There's all shades yeah. of gray. And yeah. you would expect people who have responsibility and power to call people to balance, to a loving relationship and say, you need to accept those who don't agree with you. Even if you don't agree with them, let's, let's get along. But you mm -hmm. don't see that. There's political capital, capital to be gained when you de demonize the other. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, many leaders are using this tactic. That it's, it's the same thing. It's, they're using fear. Mm -hmm. Scapegoats, yeah. yeah, to gain political capital, but there's a downside. There, there, there are side effects. Mm. The society it's bursting at its seams, and it's it's not long before it cracks. And mm. I don't want to I don't want to see that. I want to see responsible leaders. I want to see people who call, like Jesus said, you must love your enemy. Okay, you don't agree with them. That's fine, but let's find a way to get along. Exactly. Yeah. When somebody's a leader, he's a leader for everybody. Right. Not for just a group of people. So mm -hmm. I think we should be more careful. And, and, and those of us who are leaders, no matter what level it is that we find ourselves, mm -hmm. we must always call people to accept others. Mm -hmm. And if you find something that you don't agree with, okay, you can discuss it. But at the end of the day, let's respect yeah. each other. Let's accept each other mm. and let's allow God to be God. Okay. You might yeah. believe that somebody who does something, whatever it is, mm. won't be saved. Okay. Let's, yeah. let's assume you believe that. Mm. Okay. What can you do to save them? The only thing you can do is love them and accept them. That's the only thing that will save them. Exactly. Rebuking them and chastising them and, and, and hating them yep. and th throwing them out will definitely not bring them to Christ. Not bring them to Christ. Amen. Definitely not bring them to absolutely, Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So wow. it falls on us, all leaders, to call people to, to a harmonious relationship. Even if it, you don't have to agree with each other in mm. order to love each other. Jesus doesn't, didn't tell us, you will be my disciples if you all agree with each other on all things. No, he yeah. says, people will know you are my disciples if we all love one another. Mm -hmm. That's it. Man. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Don? Yes, I'm good. I'm good. All right. Yeah, I don't have we are good now. All right. <laughs> so you're going to build your art? <laughs> <laughs> well, remember... <laughs> There's, it's not a flood that's coming. It's a fire All that's right. coming. So, so there's a little bit of the arc you know not going to work. You know, <laughs> you know exactly why I said that. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, Pastor, I want to thank you for taking the time out. Thank you for that wonderful message um, awesome. yesterday. Yeah. And now I know that was your first time preaching at Plantation. On the Sabbath. You know, on the Sabbath. You know, on the yeah. Sabbath, yes. Yeah. Doing that. I hope you'll be back soon. Um, Wherever you invite me, I'll be there. Awesome. Oh, believe me, I'm sure they will be calling you. Yeah, I'm sure so. <laughs> We're doing that. Mm. So um, we want to thank um, your family. Um, yes. I, I didn't get a chance to see them, so I never met They were there. Yeah, a little there. girl and his little boy, yeah. 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 They were there. I did see them. Yeah, I didn't get a chance yeah. to see them, but, you know, yeah. doing that, though. Well, blessings to your family. Mm. Thank you very much. And just continue, continue being the end-time evangelist that you are. Oh, yeah. Thank you. 
for doing that. All right, sir, if you don't mind, lead us out with a word of prayer. Okay. Let us all pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we have hope in your word pertaining the end of times. And we know that most of the times maybe we've been scared about what's going to happen. We look around us and we see a lot of evil and we see that sometimes even ourselves are not following you into help into loving others but maybe are tempted to hate them because they think differently mm-hmm. than us. Mm-hmm. We pray to you now for forgiveness and mm-hmm. for the strength to love those that are different than us. Mm-hmm. It's not easy, Lord, but I know you've commanded us to love even our enemies. Mm-hmm. So change our hearts from hearts of stone. Give us hearts of flesh, hearts of flesh of the Holy Spirit that loves one another. And help us have confidence and hope in you that you will be with us whatever might come and whatever disaster comes and whatever evil things come in this world. You are right there helping us to achieve victory. In the name of Jesus, we pray all of this. Amen. 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 Pastor, once again, we thank you. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. I hope, I'm sure we'll probably have you on here again. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's right. And don't forget, um, um, you made a comment when you said you at Margate, you love the food that was there oh, at Margate. snapper, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. The red snapper. Yeah. My favorite. <laughs> I love Caribbean food. I love it. Understood, My brothers at brother. Margate, they know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah. Uh, once again, I want to thank our podcast listeners for taking the time out. Mm. I hope you were blessed and hope that we continue to uh, do the right thing as pastors say. Just love one another and just uh, continue to promote, promote hope. Promote hope wherever you are. Yeah. Even in the time of trouble, promote hope because we know that the battle's already been won. Yeah. So, all right, Don. Yeah, I have about three birthdays this time. Three? Three, yes. Okay, we all have right. Cherie Nicole. She's okay. June 24th. And then we got Dane on Uh-oh. June 26th. Got to get him. Yeah, this weekend. And... Diana Pabon, she's on June 26th too. So happy birthday. She is who? Who, who is she? She used to be at our church and uh, Diana. We call her Diana. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Her I, don't face. Know if, I don't know if you really know her, but I know. Her. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So we got a shout out there once again. Um, yep. Any questions and comments you may have, please contact us via WhatsApp 954. 954- Three eight 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 seven eight zero, and Don. Yep. I hope you have a wonderful day. You too. And evening. And evening. Rest of the week. <laughs> wonderful day for everyone. Wonderful yes, day for everybody. All right. God bless. Uh-huh.